0: Five, four, three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to the Have We Made It Yet podcast. My name is Hikaru Sulu, coming to you from the the helm of the Starship Enterprise. As you can see by my current getup and my new haircut, that is who I have become. Actually, that might be my Halloween costume that I think about it, because I realized when I got this new shirt, it looks kind of like it. But okay, other than that, yeah, Mm -hmm. it makes it makes sense. But in actuality, (laughs) it's a little visual joke. My name is Josh Yang and I'm the co-host of this podcast, the comedian portion. Welcome. And I am joined with my other co-host.
1: Lucas John Ng, the actor portion. Of this podcast, who also strives one day to be a Marvel superhero.
0: Yes, we've, we've got Marvel, we got Star Trek. What, what can't the two of us do? I don't know. I don't know. But hey, it's the podcast, if you're joining us for the first time. We're two creatives just starting out in the entertainment industry or trying to make it as you were. Talk about the process of making it. Uh, all the ups and downs, which in the beginning is quite a lot of downs, but hey, you know, you get through it. Uh, And yeah, we want to give you guys a look into what it might be like to try and make it. And we sometimes have guests as well. Today is going to be a very special Just the Two of Us episode. Because I feel like it's been a while. We haven't, you know, we haven't really been able to debrief like really one-on-one talk about you know other things that are happening Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah so this is our opportunity to get get some stuff off our chest but you know we do need to ask each other that question right off the top you know it's the question that we all ask each other it's the question we ask everybody on this podcast lucas
1: have you made it yet and i feel with that question that i am somebody you know what? No, I have not made it yet. Um, but just some updates and realizations that I that I had in these past uh, two weeks. Oh, first off, though, uh, smash that subscribe button, and because uh, <laughs> your subscribers subscribing action uh, really improves us. So please subscribe and also comment on our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Um. Yes. yeah if you if you want to like heckle us in the comments, go
0: w- right ahead. we're uh suckers for attention at this point, so any yeah. any comment is good comments um we're not desperate at all
1: uh but yeah but um, yeah back to mm-hmm. I just have <laughs> so, to make sure we get that call to action in right yeah, away right, at the yeah. three thirty minute mark yeah um no, I have not made it yet, but i uh I had a chat with. One of our former guests on this podcast, um, the incredible Michelle Arvizu, Mm. and uh, she really opened my eyes about just what it takes to not burn out in this craft. Uh, What I am continually dealing with on top of, I would say, uh, creative artistic um, difficulties is like the the mere act of sustaining yourself financially to sustain this craft. Mm. And what I find at times is when I audition, be it self-tapes or in-person auditions, they are good, as my agent would call it, but I am not able to express myself fully because I'm so afraid to fuck up. So as a result, I hold the bat too tightly because I see the buyout rate of of what I could be getting if I booked this commercial or show. And I was like, oh, I could really use that money. So my main intention is is not to play, not to explore, not to be creative, but to just not fuck up, which is the wrong mentality. So what I realized with in these past two weeks is, um, I, I formally worked at a grocery store and just an experiment for myself. I worked 80 hours in two weeks just to see what I could do to make the max amount of money at this store. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the two weeks, I was incredibly tired, exhausted, as my girlfriend could probably attest to it. I was probably not too, not too, uh, not too good to be around because I'm just so tired doing hard labor. And at the end of the two weeks, the the amount of effort expended was just not worth the return on that mm. initial investment. So, you know, don't don't get mad. Just just meander, move around, maneuver, right. So this past weekend I went on a spree of job applications and it's um, my background is in VFX and visual Mm -hmm. effects. So I, I just went on a spree. I saw eight, eight job postings applied for all of them. And within this past week, I've had like three interviews and I actually just done an offer yesterday for a new position. Yeah. Yeah. Working in visual effects with a great company and my financial worries are are essentially no more but the major trade-off what i find is that <clears throat> you can either have time or money
0: mm.
1: you you can't have both at the same rate as each other mm. so i'll have to really manage my time once i got auditions in make sure i run lines during my lunch hour make sure i have a lot of time for self-tapes even though i might be still on call for my for my VFX job. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always give or take, but at least money will help me sustain my craft, which I will hope for because acting is the long game and I want to make sure that I have enough money so that I can still, as Umberly put it last time, explore the playing aspect of auditioning. Because at the end of the day, they don't care for a person who can memorize lines. They want a person who is flexible, malleable, and can play the part as the writers, producers saw fit. So I feel a little bit better, but this will be a new thing right now going back into VFX, so it'll be fun. Wow, what a, what a shift, man. That's, that's like a yeah. big
0: strategic move for you. To, yeah. to get out of. Cause I know you were going into Solby's because you wanted that flexibility to physically go to different auditions, mm-hmm. but it is a new world out there in terms of auditioning. And yeah. a lot of the times it's like, you don't have to lug yourself around transportation and go. Yeah. You don't have to wait in the sitting rooms for those auditions. Like you can send in self tapes now. And that mm-hmm. that makes a lot more sense. That feels like a much more efficient use of time for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially with like, you do have the background in vfx uh Mm -hmm. that definitely makes a lot more sense uh helping you financially with that so i'm really happy to hear that um and like yeah i I no doubt as well that i can see like there's there's definitely an inherent amount of stress you know not the same type of stress but like there is a certain amount of stress of doing like hard labor and then Mm -hmm. trying to get motivated as well to to um to do your auditions and then refocus creatively. Like, how yeah. how long is the the offer? Like, what is the offer? Is it um? It, it's um, it going to
1: start. It's going to start October eighteenth. So, this this podcast is going on the road again. I'll, I'll be flying out to Vancouver um come tomorrow. Uh, yeah. So once I come back from Vancouver, uh, yeah, once I come back f- from Vancouver back to Toronto, I'll be starting my new job then, and I'll okay. be working from home. Yeah,
0: great, great, great. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, I mean that'll be, that'll be much more uh, <laughs> convenient, more or just inherently just more convenient than having to go into the store, right?
1: For sure, for sure. Great people that I met there, um, but just at the end of the day, you gotta make sure that you know Josh and I are self-sustained and that we can still live, mm-hmm. you know. So make sure we take care of ourselves first, man. That's the main thing.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a young poor persons what well, no sorry that didn't come out right what i mean was like if okay sorry that really came out weird but what i'm trying to say is like if you're young and like you're you know don't have like as many expenses or you don't have any as many responsibilities is like that i think that lifestyle works you know you, you're working coffee shops you're always being available flexible for the acting auditions and stuff like that Mm-hmm. um but yeah at, at our age late 20s early 30s um you other things do creep in mind and it's kind of like you mm-hmm. feel a, a need a bigger need for a sense of stability yeah um whereas you're young you're kind of like ah whatever we'll, we'll deal with that later well now is technically later for us mm-hmm. so uh <laughs> it's all about balance about managing it and uh you yeah. know making it i, I mean whoop oh, not Whoopi Goldberg, uh oprah mm. oprah right She Mm -hmm. got fired at like late 20s, early 30s from her radio job. And Mm -hmm. then she
1: took off afterwards. So, so many people started late. Yeah. And And, uh, and that's what I realized. Just acting and acting and and same with being a comedian for yourself, acting or creative pursuits is the long game, but make sure that you still can sustain yourself and meet those little goals in life that still help you sustain your craft. Because without meeting those little goals, your craft, your long game is still going to be kaput. yeah yeah Yeah. okay great to hear man thanks brother maybe you can add a lighter note to all this heavy dense talk and everything but mr (laughs) josh yang yeah have you made it yet i have not made it
0: yet and i would like to say that i've done very little in the last (laughs) uh, in the last few weeks um yeah, I got a haircut. That's that's like the biggest thing and I feel better about that cuz I think with the long hair it was starting to get real frizzy at the uh, the bottom and like kind of thin mm-hmm. a bit unhealthy looking. So I got a, a haircut and uh, I feel like a lo- new man. I uh I know, new haircut, new new feeling, new look. Uh feel better and uh, you know what? I might I might f- go find figure out a way to to get onto a show before i mean it was a lot of getting settled back in but now i'm definitely going to try and find a show to do in vancouver um but yeah other than that nothing really not really new for me uh i'll see you soon when you yeah, come yeah, to yeah. vancouver and we'll just we'll, we'll chill and talk about how our podcast is doing amazing things how we're doing some great things i mean look, our last guest guns um, Gonzalez, come on.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Sorry, I didn't mean to do a Trump impression then. But yes, she, she was incredible, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Gems. that's
0: a bit of an update
1: for the two of us. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but today we do want to get into some shop talk, uh, especially some Asian shop talk, uh, because... Some news came out. Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings and the legend of the Ten Rings uh, is close to breaking $200 million U.S. domestic box office. Wow. And uh, a total of overseas... I'm not too sure. I can't find that. BoxofficeMojo.com. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. Anyways, it's doing great in the sense that it's the top biggest hit of the year overtaking black widow and you know what what an accomplishment what an accomplishment Mm -hmm. i saw it lucas saw it it's it's a great intro film but we would like to discuss more about it Mm -hmm. after seeing it so you know what ten ring shang chi Mm -hmm. i think it's good but lucas what are your initial thoughts Oh, what! <laughs> what a throw! What a throw! Okay, what a throw! I I, I wasn't sure how, um, how to throw it, and I was just like,
1: okay, I don't know. We're we're getting into this. We're, we're getting deep. You, okay, what would you like to say say about it? Um. Okay. So so first off, the context of of where I saw it. So I did see it in theaters, mm. which I think it's that's the only place you can see it in right now because it's not on Disney Plus. No. Um. So I saw it in theaters, and. Mind you, of course, we still have social distancing measures and all that stuff, but it was still technically a packed theater. Every seat that was available was taken up. Mm-hmm. Um, the crowd was was cheering every time. Like oh, also spoiler alert. If anyone hasn't seen it, there's gonna be spoilers. Yeah, of course, in this episode. Yeah. So so don't don't go on further if you don't want to know what happens. Um, any any time that Shang that was was fighting, especially that bus scene. Oh my god. That that split kick that he mm-hmm. did to get those two assailants. People were clapping, clapping, clapping. Powerful. Um, powerful. powerful. Um, also there are other cheering moments such as the um, the last post credit scene. I'm gonna go into that when him, Benedict Wong, and Aquafina were all g- karaokeing. Yeah. That was great. It had its moments, but are we going to go into our critiques right now, though, Josh?
0: I mean, we can. I'm ready. I'm kind of ready to go, but
1: uh, okay. it, unless you wanted to touch on some other stuff, no. So, so if you don't want me starting, uh, it just just to preface everyone. Um, I'll, I'll admit I'm not a big Marvel fan to begin with. So, mm. yeah, even though I did say I want to be a Marvel spear at the start of this episode, like. <laughs> Kevin Feige, if you call me, I will still pick up. Thank you. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I, I, I personally don't really like superhero movies, just because I, I don't feel too much of a, of an emotional investment into it. Because mm. essentially, you know how it's going to turn out. Yeah. Aside from Infinity War, which I thought was a really cool ending. Yeah. Um. You know, you essentially know how every movie is going to turn out. So when I kept on hearing like uh from everyone from the asian community from the aapi community everyone's like fantastic 10 out of 10 100% my expectations for this film was skyrocketing mm. like all the wong Fu people were like incredible the best film to represent asians so first off my expectations were too high and i think to to hoist these lofty goals upon like a movie is unfair mm-hmm. just because in the in the in the space of of stop Asian hate in the space of the COVID nineteen that is still rampaging through, I I was like, oh, can this movie stop Asian hate? <laughs> I've, I I kind of went in going thinking that, and yeah. as a result, um, my expectations were not met. And and Josh, did you want to go into more about like? Any of your critiques about it, and then we can. Well, I, I agree. Start.
0: It's like the expectations. It was weird because I think the the sentiment with a lot of Asian um, North American people, AAPI, um, was that we finally have a great, you know, Marvel superhero. You know, this is our opportunity to really have that kind of representation. Uh, so I think there was uneasiness leading up to it in the sense that we were just not sure we just hoped it didn't flop. I think yeah. that was one of the biggest things like, oh, let's just hope it doesn't flop. Cause then that just screws everything up. We had such good, good momentum. Mm-hmm. And, you know, before the pandemic, the pandemic uh, kind of really took a hit on a lot of things. Uh, and then now we're coming back with like some great films, Minari, um, Minari. Uh, and then there was um, other Asian films as well. That for some reason can't come to mind. Like but, the
1: farewell was incredible.
0: Yeah, the farewell was great as well. Um, but yeah, so like this movie was just kind of as long as it doesn't flop, mm-hmm. it's like okay that that's. I, I feel like w- even the basic, you know, how Marvel has such a formulaic, you know, uh, process that like they almost can't churn out a flop because they just mm-hmm. know how to get the base basics done well. Yeah. Uh, they know what their movies are. You know, throw in some. Action, throw in some comedy, get some like good, endearing actors uh, in there to kind of to to take the audience on a journey.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I think you know, as long as it doesn't flop, okay, great, we're happy. And then yeah. there were some reviews coming out saying that it's like, oh, it's actually pretty good. Oh, it's mm-hmm. actually uh, doing pretty well, and uh, and people actually like it. And then once those reviews started came hitting in, then there was like a period of time where it's where we thought it's like, oh, wait, is this actually is it actually good? wow, if it's actually good, that would be great. And then the expectation, and then it got released. And I think a lot of people were like, it's good. Is it great though? I don't think it's, I don't think it was 99, 98% Rotten Tomato, you know, super high review scores. I'm not sure if it was great, great. It was good. It was definitely a solid entry, but
1: uh, I don't think it was great. Yeah. Which, which also like, like made me realize again this movie was not made for us, Josh, and by mm. us I mean like us in our late 20s, early 30s, right. people who who akin to more Christopher Nolan's Batman series as opposed to a Marvel superhero film. Mm. So, so what I realized is, like, I was showing Josh this for for our YouTube listeners and everything like that. Like, nice. Uh, yeah, I, like I bought the Shang Chi um, action figure set action figure set. Yeah. Yeah. That's the word for it. Mm. And um, you know, essentially this, this movie is made for younger kids. Yeah. Younger kids who, who essentially don't haven't seen an Asian superhero in their lifetime. Um, I'm not saying I have, but at least I am more awoke to the idea that former formerly to um, Marvel taking a hold of this when I was watching Chinese shows with my grandma, like, I've seen Asian superheroes, so it's not too foreign to me yet. Mm. Um, but at the same time, though, it's, you know, th- there were specific things within the movie, if we were just talking about, like, st- story structure and everything like that, that, mm. that I mm. thought was was a little bit off for me. Um, yeah. First off, uh, just so that everyone can see for our YouTube listeners or watchers, there's Death Dealer over there. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Ugh! Death Dealer. I've got yeah. some gripes about that. Yeah, he was a great looking character, I, I akin ah. to the t- akin to the Chrome uh, Stormtrooper. Right. right, right. Yeah, he was very eye catching, very very oh, dynamic yeah. visual look. I thought huh. he was going to be more important than he was. <laughs> I know, but he was just a soulless pun intended character yeah. who eventually got his soul sucked out. I mean, you 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 kind of just.
0: I thought there would have been a, a great you know final like pre-final boss battle between you know Shang-Chi and and his former teacher and that would like lead him to f- facing off his. either way there's just a whole bunch of s- structural things i have issues with narrative wise that i thought could have been done better but you know we're mm-hmm. we're picking and choosing just cuz it's like it's after the fact we've seen the whole movie and let's not let's not you know understate the importance of the film and the fact that Just by it being out there and being Mm -hmm. such a hit, and that so many people are going to watch it as a Marvel superhero film, and they're so open to seeing that represent—that's a win. That's a huge win. Like, there's there's (laughs) so many new people who like who may not have seen like a a very prominent Asian face. Like, to be honest, the last action films that I can think of that really had prominent Asian faces were Jackie Chan films. Okay, yeah. Like he was the one that was like still, you know, in that action verse, you know, with it, with his films. And then like in the last decade, he hasn't been doing too many films in, uh, in Hollywood Mm -hmm. and stuff, but like in the nineties and the, and the two thousands, like he had some great films that came out here that was action comedy and people were able to see, uh, see him really out there. But
1: did you watch snake eyes? I did watch snake eyes. How how do you think Shang-Chi compared to that? Briefly, briefly. Okay, okay, okay. It's much better, but
0: (laughs) Snake Eyes, uh, it was really bad. It was, (laughs) it, it was, it was so bad. I, you knew it was bad like 15 to 20 minutes in, and then you thought it might be better, but it stayed bad. It stayed bad. So, yeah, it's not, not a good film. Uh, it's almost like kind of like you know those were the two. It's like whoa when the Snake Eyes trailer came out, Henry Golding, he's uh he's Snake Eyes. Like whoa, that that looks actually so cool in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when Chung Chi came out, is oh that looks so cool in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, and then I feel like they were kind of both compared in the sense that they're both action films coming out in the summer, mm-hmm. this summer period. Uh, and they both had Asian male leads. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah. Snake Eyes was was really bad. It was it was terrible.
1: Oh it was it was it was
0: actually a film that I I don't remember watching too many bad films were in the theater. I knew it was bad, but it was like it was bad.
1: Eesh. Okay, so it, it's kind of similar just because they came out at about well, I wouldn't say the same time, but like in the same quarter. So yeah, it's yeah. good to know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But um definitely Shang-Chi was much better than than Snake Eyes. Mm-hmm. Um though, you know, again i do have some gripes with it but overall like i think mm-hmm. what it is but at the end of the day once you watch it you like you'll understand what i'm saying but it wasn't like shang chi or simu liu's film like the the plot oh. and the story that came out it it really wasn't that his film it was really tony leung's film yes yes right it was mm-hmm. like he was the the opening going through the back story about um, Shang Chi's father, and mm-hmm. you know, or the the Mandarin, which was super old, you know, racist term yeah. terminology, and they kind of make fun of it a little bit in in a few mm-hmm. lines. Um, wow, what was his name again? It's like Wen Wu. Wen Wu, yeah, Wen Wu. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, the opening, the opening parts of the scene of the movie, I think, were probably some of the best, were the best parts of the film. Like, mm-hmm. I was surprised it was actually all in mandarin like that was i I thought they were going to try to throw in some like random english narration but it was all mandarin for like first eight nine minutes and i thought it was great um it really felt like you were transported into that story (laughs) for a second it felt like i was watching a foreign film because you know yeah like a lot of us uh have watched chinese films chinese like wuxia films and stuff like that so it if it got a sense of that feeling like it was an authentic you know wuxia um uh film <laughs> martial arts film from china then i thought that was great it was visually stunning there for sure and that narrative kept and that emotional connection with tony leung's character
1: and the father just carried the film it really oh, did for sure for yeah. sure and and i think one thing that they did do well um just cuz it's that classic story of, of Shang Chi um, trying to fit in, in a, what is primarily a, although the movie did not show too many white people, but it is essentially a North American San Francisco city in which he is just inundated with, with white culture and trying to fit in, Um, trying to play the classic trope of the underachiever when he really is a killing machine that is excelling in his craft. Yeah. You know, the classic just try to stay below the radar not seen, I'm going to be a valet person for these high, rich, famous people. Um, I, I think it's really showed up when he kept on saying his name was Sean instead of Shung. Yeah. Because that's really pointed for me because even my last name, I, even up until now, I still say my last name is ing when mm-hmm. it's not that at all, mm-hmm. but it's just a way for me to survive a way for me to relate to people who, who, Either I don't think wants to put in that effort to really learn my last name, yeah. But but it wasn't until Shang Chi really understood his role and did want to take in his past, which was be a part of a crime syndicate, which yeah, which you know he is a killing machine in the end. It's that's when he realizes true potential. And I thought they did do a good job of of playing that transformation with with Simu, just because. You did see him as the classic frat boy, you know, the classic fuck boy in every San Francisco kid. But then you do see him after, like, have some emotional depth.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. No, definitely. Wait, then what is, Oh, is, I'm not Cantonese, so I don't know the
1: actual pronunciation of, of NG, but what, what, what is it? Uh, So it's more like a sound at the back of your throat. It's, uh, mm. right. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. More like that mm. instead of ing. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that's totally, totally fair um, to for that. Like, you know, we always North Americanize our, our names, you know, uh, to try and I guess fit in, but also like not have to try to pronounce it. There was <laughs> something I really liked about the fact that they were try- like making a big effort to correct the pronunciation in shang Like the, act- the full Mandarin pronunciation is shang which if you were to go like full, you know, um, was it the tonation intonation yeah. granted it does sound a little weird. So they kind of they they softened the uh, pronunciation to shang qi, which is, I guess, just a little bit more uh, easier to, to follow. But at least it wasn't Shang-Chi. At least they got that. Yeah. At yeah. least they corrected everybody's pronunciation. Oh, let's go watch Shang-Chi. It's like, nah, it's Shang-Chi. So yeah. you go from the ang to the ang. And that actually helps me a lot. Mm. Because I've always been Josh Yang. You know, oh, Yang bro. has always been the... Pr- Wang, you know, mm-hmm. Chang has always been the pronunciation. That's never the pronunciation in Mandarin. It's Yang. So it's more oh, um, it's more of a U sound. Yeah, it's. I actually. My bad, Josh. My bad. No, no, no. It's totally fine. Because I've I've been working on a a bit about it as well. Mm-hmm. It's like Yang is the weirdest, like last name if you're an Asian person in North America oh, because, okay. not only is there like Y A N G like, it is pronounced Yang, right? But mm-hmm. it's spelled Y A N G, and most people will read it as Yang.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then if it's not, uh, it's spelled like that because that's the pinging Romanization, mm-hmm. um, but it's not pronounced like that. So people, but people will read it like Yang, uh, but they associate a Chinese person with Yang. They associate Asian with Yang. If you were to pronounce Yang as Yang, mm-hmm. then there's actually an English last name called Yang, yeah. Y-O-U-N-G, right? Mm-hmm. So then if I were to go young or like change my last name Y-A-N-G to Y-O-U-N-G, young, then people would mistake me as not being Asian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'd be less accurate in a sense. (laughs) But it sounds closer, but it's less accurate. Yeah. And then there's other spellings as well, depending on where you're from. I'm from mainland China. You're from um, like uh, South China, more Cantonese, right? Mm -hmm. Like Hong Kong uh, spelling is different as well. Yep. Hong Kong spelling is Y-E-U-N-G, which actually sounds better because young, young, young sounds better. Even Y-U-N-G sounds better, (laughs) but it doesn't even stop there. It's like what? In Germany, if I wanted to, my last name could be J-U-N-G and that's Jung. Oh, yeah. And that's that sounds more accurate, but Uh more white at the same time. Right, right. So I can't be. I can't be Josh Jung. U, J-U-N-G. N G. What is it? if I was German? Then that is that the most accurate pronunciation of my last name in German culture. But then at the same time, J U N G. If you're Korean, then that's actually Jung. So what? What am I? So there's young, Yang, Yang, Jung, 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 Young. So there's so many different variations of that. Mm-hmm. In the end. The most accurate one in Western society might actually be Yang because it can't be mistaken for anything else.
1: Full circle moment, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, but it, but in the end, it's like if we're able to in North America change that pronunciation now to Ung hmm. Young, that helps me a lot because that that helps with the the understanding that you know Josh Yang, Young, Shang, Shang, right. <laughs> So it's not the ang. It's not the weird ang sound. It's like shang, yeah. shang, yang, yang. I think that'd be that'd be great. And I'm happy <laughs> that they ma- managed to add that distinction because for, sure. for the longest period of time, like you couldn't really communicate how the ung sounds with the ang. Yeah,
1: you know? and for a while, I think early on in their marketing, they did say shang a lot, like Shanghai. Mm. Um, it wasn't until I I swear. Uh, when I saw it, Simu on his Instagram post up about his red carpet premiere in uh, in in LA, that yeah. I saw like their MC say "Shang Chi" and I'm like, oh shit, I've been saying it wrong the whole time. Oh, yeah. have you been
0: saying it? Yeah, but see that, yeah. that's the thing because like you don't know what is more accurate. Yeah, to try and tell other people like if it because I think they did a good job of uniformly you mm-hmm. know changing it so that it's that all the marketing is now Shang Chi whenever. Uh Simulu goes on to talk shows, they the talk show host pronounce it Shang-Chi. <laughs> right. So that just inherently changes. Like, oh, it's Shang, it's not Shang. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just disseminates. And that that changes
1: that that's uh that's a win for the culture. You, you know what? I just had this realization. Is that what this movie is essentially about? Just these little micro changes. It kind of opens up the I- ideas and eyes of people who are just generally just unaware, even myself, of the intonations of an S-H-A-N-G for a, for essentially a North American audience. Like, we can go into, like, what they went wrong with their storytelling. The third act, I thought, was really rushed. Like, I don't need to see all that CGI. Yeah, you could, you could kind of tell it was,
0: like, a, a pandemic, COVID, like, thing where they really had to try and figure something out. And, like, yeah. to their credit, they managed to at least keep it, kind of, they finished
1: off that story, but yeah, it did feel a bit rushed. I agree. But essentially this is an origin story and I hate to always um, just say just like compliment capitalism as a way of of showing that anything's a success, you know, but Mm -hmm. we we live in a capitalist society and art within a capitalist society uh, is only valuable if it makes a return, which is which is not a good ideal to live by art with, but it did make 200 million domestically. And as a result, people are now saying Shang properly. And again, it it is an origin story, which means, of course, they're going to go on further with the story. So I think it's a win, you know? Oh, absolutely.
0: I agree. I agree. Absolutely. I think it's a win. And the Shou Shang thing, that's that was something I don't think like I was hoping for for a change when they mm-hmm. put in like, whoa, Shang-Chi is Shang-Chi is going to be our, our next thing. It's like that wasn't what I was hoping for. I was just hoping for a decent film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's a, again, it's an origin film and it feels more like it was an origin film for the rings as opposed to
1: for, Good point. for yes. actual
0: Shang-Chi mm-hmm. and like Simu Liu. And like I think I, I disseminated with my sister a lot afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I think what we realized was like we could connect as a a viewer to Tony Leung's character more because we saw the Tony Leung character arc uh, being portrayed by him, Mm -hmm. right? The Simu Liu Shang-Chi character arc was separated into three different sections. You have the little kid version of Shang-Chi with his mom. That's Mm -hmm. a whole emotional arc uh, Mm -hmm. by itself. Then you have the teenager version going through training and like having to deal with the the consequences and and, and uh, getting trained to go out and do that kill. Like that's a version of the emotional arc of the whole character. Yeah. And then you don't really see Simu Liu as Shang-Chi until like, well, I guess in the beginning, but it, it gets spread out, sprinkled out so yeah. much. It just felt like we never fully as an audience connected with him as that character. It was like a lot of seeing him as that character but understanding the emotions through the eyes of the younger actors Mm -hmm. as opposed to him. So that was was, one of the things I felt like, I mean, it felt like it was a necessary thing because they wanted to teach the father son relationship, Mm -hmm. but it just did feel like it was under Simu Liu was like underutilized uh, in the character development, which leads me to hope that of course that once you get into the next film, it will just, Mm -hmm. It'll be much better because it'll be all focused on Shang Chi and like from beginning to end, it will be his story.
1: You know? Yeah, and uh, I mean, I I didn't really want to say this, but w- what I found interesting was that for a lot of uh, Shang Chi's big emotional scenes, mm-hmm. such as when he said the line, which is incredibly poignant because it it informed. The final act, which was a debt by blood needs to be paid back in blood, which mm. essentially means that he was gonna kill his father. Yeah. Or yeah. he intended to. That was supposed to be his big emotional scene, which was w- we were supposed to be gravitating towards towards Simu, towards Shang-Chi. Yeah. What I found interesting was after he said that immediate line, the reaction shot was to Aquafina. Mm. Which means that the takes, the coverage that they got of Shang, of, of Simu, were maybe not strong enough. Maybe he just, he, he couldn't emote enough at that moment. Oh, interesting. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm deeply hoping in, in the sequel or whenever um, Shang-Chi arrives back in, in any of the MCU films, mm. that his emotional depth will be, Will be more full. Will be more deep. Yeah, because there were some missing points. That it's like, as an audience, I do want to see those reaction shots from from him, but I was I was left hanging, and so I, I hope he works on that.
0: Yeah, no, I uh, I kind of agree. Like his strengths were definitely the physicality of it. Like absolutely, he did, oh, he did the stunts. He did the martial arts on point. Like the the bus scene definitely is ranked probably now, you know, top three fight scenes and all of like Marvel and all the choreography. (laughs) That was really great. If anything, that's what I expected of the superhero. Like the superhero Shang-Chi is supposed to be uh, his powers and what he's known for is to be expert level martial artists. Like he he's so good. Like you can't like uh, catch him off guard. (laughs) And that first scene was it showed you the his skill level. Like he was jumping in and out smooth from one fight to another. His, mm-hmm. his strikes were powerful, mm-hmm. you know, and on point. Um, and that's what I felt like it made sense. It, it established the bona fides of yeah. the character. But then later on through the rest of the film, he was just getting beat up by everybody. Yeah. He was like getting beat up by his sister. He was getting beat up by the death dealer. He was getting beat up by his dad. <laughs> like he literally didn't not get beat up. He got beat up by, um, uh, Michelle Yeoh's character during yeah. training, His aunt, so yeah. it's like that doesn't look like he's a he's like a badass martial arts expert, which he was technically trained to be. So that mm-hmm. I kind of lost that, and then with, with all the CGI at the end as well, like you couldn't feel the the physicality of the the power of the character because the power of the character is close quarter combat, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. acrobatics and really getting in in on it. And like, sure, the the s- skyscraper scene was was like. Mm -hmm. a great scene like visually but Mm -hmm. like also a lot of cgi you couldn't feel uh it was more noticeable sorry like because the bus scene also had a lot of cgi but it was less noticeable it felt more grounded the the scene on the side of the skyscraper with everybody's like you can tell that's a person who's falling like onto a mat because there's a cgi death or whatever Mm -hmm. so it didn't feel like like, I felt like th- those action scenes, if they could have recreated the bus scene multiple times, mo- more close quarter, like, like action scenes like that, like, that made me believe in the character's abilities. Mm-hmm. But towards the end, it's like, once you build all that emotional thing with the father and son, the thing about that scene that kind of threw me off was like, did he need to kill his dad? Like, I know, is right? that is that the jump you make from, yeah. like, your dad is being influenced by a dark you know entity and he, like he's being yeah. misled and mm-hmm. he's doing this even though for grief purposes like his like tony leung's characters motivations were cl- the clearest of like of all the other characters in the film like you understood yeah. why he was doing what he was doing mm-hmm. but you also understood that he was clearly not malicious in his actions like he was being misled so in the point from like my dad's being misled by this dark entity to i've got no other choice than to kill him like you could almost solve like the the issues with like you could kind of save your dad by like somehow <laughs> talking through it or like revealing or like showing yeah. somehow in other another way just to convince him to not do it like that's all it takes is to get the disillusionment
1: you don't have to fucking kill him no it's so funny because i saw a tweet that would really relate to what you're saying it's uh the tweet was this movie is so authentically asian to the point where they were willing to fight to the death instead of going to family counseling (laughs) yeah that's perfect that is so true like uh, so in essence that
0: was very accurate that was super
1: (laughs) right on the dot yeah exactly so asian we're willing to fight to the death and kill my own dad instead of talking things out admitting we were wrong <laughs> yeah oh my god Uh man josh like overall though overall mm. are you excited to see shang chi in the mcu oh
0: absolutely i think i think just the mere fact that he's
1: there you know, like,
0: blah, 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 seat at the table. But, like, you know, you want him to be there. You want him to be, like, an actual pivotal, you know, character Mm -hmm. and, like, be, like, a contributing factor. But at the same time, it's, like, does he really need to be, like, a super cosmic being? Not really. Like, you have other superheroes in the MCU that, you know, maybe power-wise, not as as powerful like Hawkeye or Black Widow, you know, Mm -hmm. but, like, Shang-Chi, I think he there is, an element a stylistic element of his abilities Mm -hmm. that you can showcase that you can separate from and then the 10 rings i mean i i like how what they did because in the comic books it was actually rings uh on the on the hand as opposed to like you know martial arts rings yeah um so i like that change because that that's a much more clear visual distinction um i think a lot of discussion was marvel didn't want that to be confusing with the Infinity Gauntlet. So yeah. that's a smart choice to change that up. Um, so, like, with the rings, he's more powerful. He's able to, like, do more things. And, like, they're obviously going to have some kind of uh, cosmic, you know, uh, mystery around what the rings are actually for. Mm-hmm. So it does feel like it's more integral. He's going to be more integral. The character that I had think has nothing to do with anything is Katie. I think she's oh, absolutely... Unnecessary for anything. Like hmm. she was, she could have easily. Yeah, Katie, there she is. Aquafina, great. I also feel like was underutilized because they were trying to really. It honestly felt like they really wanted Aquafina in the film, so they wrote her into the character of Katie. W- was and she like, in the
1: original comics?
0: I don't think so. Oh, like okay. I don't, I don't think there was ever any talk that like Katie was a pivotal you know, character or whatever. Yeah. I mean, even in this is like, she, I think she was oddly utilized in a sense. It's like Shang-Chi has to go find his sister to save, save her from like this international criminal syndicate, super dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she, he only trusts her and yet he brings along his, his uh, friend from childhood on this international dangerous mm-hmm. mission and she only gets in the way. Like, like but, he could have been much more stealth, much more, like, in and out. Yeah. And instead, he has to fight to try and protect her. He almost lost her, you know. But
1: she is a chauffeur or a valet driver, and that's why she drove that BMW M3, Warhammer's BMW M3, through the forest to go into Talo. Yeah. That's her greatest contribution to the story.
0: That was her greatest contribution. And, like... Oh, oh, oh yeah, the arrow. The arrow. the beast. Yeah, she killed the beast, but that also feel felt unearned. Like, where did where did she suddenly become a an expert in in
1: arrows and stuff? The bearded guy taught her.
0: No, the bearded guy said he she was shit.
1: Wow, how do Asian parents always tell you you're good? They don't. Or tell you that you're shit. I'm kidding, I'm kidding.
0: Yeah, yeah, but like, I think. I think they just really wanted Aquafina in there for her like star power. Cause like, yeah. she's super, she's so charismatic. So, so charming a character um, as an, as an actress, but like underutilized, I thought like the motivation for trying to figure out, keep her in, like didn't make mm-hmm. much sense to me. Yeah. Like I thought a better utilization would be like, you know, establish their friendship, uh, have that bus scene. But then at the end of the bus scene, fucking kidnap her, kidnap Katie. Take her to, you know, uh, Asia or whatever. Let hmm. Shang Chi know that he's been, she's been kidnapped,
1: and that's motivation for him to go and save her. Like, wh- oh, so you like, didn't need her at that Macau uh, fighting ring thing. You don't no. want her.
0: What he didn't need there? her at all. Like she was, she had no reason for there other than it's like if you think you're gonna go on this dangerous mission without me, uh, forget it. Like he could totally just give her the slip. It would just be, it would be so much more efficient for him. But yeah. it's like, why did she need to be there? Like it made more. It in my mind, it makes more sense for her to be kidnapped as motivational, uh, motivation mm. for Shang Chi to mm. find his sister instead of being easily tricked by a postcard, like. <laughs> what (laughs) you know and then and then like the fight scene between him and his sister what a great moment for them to be ambushed by the the 10 rings organization and have him and his sister go on this crazy martial arts fighting uh Mm -hmm. you know action sequence where they both show off their their martial arts skills and then they connect through it by supporting each other and saving each other Mm -hmm. and then they go on this mission to go and save katie and then I just think it would be hilarious to have Aquafina and Tony Leung have like back and forth, you know, conversations oh, as like yeah. captor and captee. Like it would be hilarious, and and she'd be like, "What are you talking about?" There'd be just some funny back and forth because it would be like out of like fish out of water type of scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that motivates Shang Chi and his sister to infiltrate the the secret lair instead of just being helicoptered in like. Like, you know, kids mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, come on, you had a whole secret lair. You you couldn't try to infiltrate it and like fight off a bunch of bad guys and stuff like that. And it's like it was just going from one thing to the other, like it was it was just like, okay, I guess we're doing this, I guess we're doing this. It's like there's no real reason. The Josh <sighs> Young cut
1: of yeah. Shang-Chi. Um I'm I, I I'm gonna end off at least my take with mm. this quote, if I may. Um in researching this at ep- in researching for this episode of the podcast, I was I, I was trying to justify like why I felt the way I felt about uh, about the movie itself because essentially mm-hmm. it's a movie like it's a it's it's from one of the biggest conglomerates in the world it's yeah. not going to be a game changer because right. it has to be palatable for so many taste buds mm-hmm. so th- this is this is what I got from a Vox article I I can I can link to the writer when we put this up but but the quote was this i the writer like simu liu would love if we could change the world and smash ceilings and persevere against the nasty stuff racism prejudice hopelessness that keeps us pinned down if only it were as simple as buying a movie ticket hmm. so just my main thing was i i had all these expectations that it was going to be a perfect film that could literally smash Racism, smash, stop Asian hate. Oh no, no, not not smash, stop Asian hate. Smash Asian hate. But mm. it's a movie. It's made in a capitalist society that still, to this day, uh, hinders a lot of minorities such as such as you and I. Mm. So you know, if we really did want to like make social change, don't rely on a movie to do that. Mobilize, call your local uh, governmental bodies. Uh, reach out to any vulnerable societies, yeah. reach out to them in person. Um, Cause essentially I hope that the movie continues to spread, you know, good awareness that like Asians can lead a franchise, but at the end of the day, we, you and I, Josh, mm. we are the real superheroes. Whoa! what a, what a, wow. What
0: a, what a message! What a message to to come back to. I didn't realize I didn't realize we were the superheroes, but I like it. Uh, I agree um, that like you know it is just a film. It's not going to solve everything. It is ends up being like if it can inspire some people to like want to be more involved um, with like putting out Asian representation or working towards putting out more Asian content, um, just to change the narrative, just to establish as, you know, we're multifaceted. We're not, uh, a conglomeration of, you know, stereotypes and, mm-hmm. and ideas, but like, we do have varying, um, wants and, and needs and desires. And like, some of it is to like, want to feel more, recognize in society others part of it is to feel like you want to stand out more in society. Yeah. Um, and both, I think it can exist. I think the, yeah, just a mere presence of this film and the, and the potential opportunities the films can offer, um, mm-hmm. is only going to help people like us get more opportunities, you know, mm-hmm. Asian actors, more roles out there, more opportunities for them. Um, and I think it's, it's just more, in the sense as well, it's like, you know, a lot of things is like who if you have producers out there who think it's like who's going to watch a film by, you know, with an Asian lead is it's like those questions are always the things that stop those type of, you know, art be created because you just don't. Oh, they don't. Producers or gatekeepers don't think anybody is going to want it. Mm-hmm. But this shows that people do want it. And it's not just. Asian people I think it's just any people just want new stories because there's only so many stories that you can tell with the same characters and the same you know leads same looking leads because it yeah. is true because if you associate stories with like a white male lead it's like how many times can you replay the same narratives or mm-hmm. like try to twist the narratives but really what you're twisting is the same old narratives. It's like instead yeah. of creating new narratives. Like there's so much content out there. Mm-hmm. Like people just want to see something different, something yeah. fresh. I mean even now Squid Game. It's it's like the biggest you know series on Netflix. It's only been out 2 weeks. It's already going to break their previous records for yeah. for shows. It's a Korean series about mm-hmm. like a bunch of poor people trying to fight or like play in this competition held by some megalomaniac like rich person Mm -hmm. um to to win money and it's like it's all in korean there's subtitles there but it's Mm -hmm. the biggest show because it's good because it's different because it's fresh it's new it's not the same narrative Mm -hmm. and like the more people see that the more opportunities there are the more ways that like you won't have to um, feel limited yeah. in what you want to do
1: because of who you are, what you look like. Just briefly on that point, before we cap this off, what is with, I only have a small sample size and it's, and it's parasite and now squid game. Mm. But like, I, I get the sense that like at least those two shows made from Korean producers, directors and creatives, like does Korea really have like an anti-capitalistic mode to them? Cause yeah it kind of seems kind of cool it's like saying a big fuck you to the system because essentially squid game is like are you willing to literally kill and die for money yeah like that's the extreme form of capitalism so i I find that to be a really cool and and parasite is a lot more in-depth and everything like that but yeah capitalism yeah
0: i i feel like it's the reason that they're so captivating is that like the underlying stories are universal in terms of class and theme and family Mm -hmm. and like your own desires um, and the things that motivate you. So I think those are universal, but because, you know, the sensibility is different, it's just a different Mm -hmm. perspective. Like you're not going to be influenced like by other class products in Hollywood. Like if you're grown, if you grow up watching, you Mm know, um, poor people trying to overcome, you know, things in America, yeah. unless you have like your own other personal experience to draw upon, like how, how many more original takes of that are there without like, without feeling like it's very similar as opposed to like seeing the same story and experience, but from completely different culture, completely different perspective, but then picking out and understanding, like you still connect with the motivations because we're all human at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there really is just a stronger desire now to see different things. Yeah. Just like, even though Hollywood like keeps regurgitating, you know, sequels and remakes and redos and stuff it's like mm-hmm. some th- some of the biggest things are the ones that, you know, are completely fresh and completely new. Yeah. And it's, it's just like, maybe now you just need to take more opportunities. I mean, streaming services with the streaming wars, they're just buying everything. Yeah. So it seems like they're willing to take more chances on more content. And with yeah. Squid Game or like Money Heist in Spain, right? Mm-hmm. Money Heist, huge, hugely popular international series for Netflix. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's not catered. It wasn't produced in America. Yeah. Right. And yet it's still it's gone on five, six series. It's hugely popular. It's one of their best uh mm-hmm. IPs. Yeah. Right. It's just like mm-hmm. once you put the, um you know what is it once you're willing to take that risk and get mm-hmm. that reward you know I, I think
1: it's there's so many opportunities for sure on that note Josh keep on creating art man keep on doing it whether it makes money or no money keep on making
0: art yeah that's what that's what we should be promoting you know if it makes money or if it doesn't make money just keep putting it out there and who knows yeah. it might make money later on yeah
1: If it does, it does. If it doesn't, you still made it. And that's what fucking counts. Yeah. You need to get that inherent, you know, value out of it. Yeah. I hate to toot my own horn about this, but again, just back to the original point that I had, my agent just said, you're holding the bat too tight in your self tapes. Mm. And that's because I saw what was at stake, which is essentially in Squid Game, The piggy bank that was suspended in the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. I saw it, and that's ruined my whole focus. Don't look at that piggy bank. Just make art, be a superhero for your own self, and if you do want real change, mobilize, organize, and talk to your governmental bodies. Yes, I agree. (laughs) You want to do one word association, Josh? I'm going to say one word to you.
0: Okay, and then I'll say one word back. Okay. Okay.
1: Ready? Yeah. Okay. Death dealer.
0: Lame. <laughs> word association. Yeah. Okay. this it was just lame, underwhelming. It was like, oh, he it was a suit, a super cool character, looking character. Should have been. Should have been like. Uh, a pre-boss battle fight between yeah. death dealer and chang chi didn't happen and uh disappointing mm-hmm. but um okay my one word for you mm-hmm. fart oh. no no okay. no sorry i was trying to come up with a ran- as as random a word as i can uh okay. monopoly mustache oh okay monopoly mustache monopoly man has a mustache
1: but is that that come out of our brief talk about capitalism maybe i don't know
0: i was just trying it could have been it could have been everything is uh everything is
1: connected everything's connected it is josh we said we were going to go for 30 to 45 minutes it's been 59 minutes now Yes. Well, I missed you, man. I
0: mean, we're we're this podcast is not it's not easy where we are we're constantly, you know, on other sides of the country and then uh pandemics hit and stuff. So who knows when we'll actually do a, a an actual podcast in person again. I know. Miss you, brother. I'll see you All soon, right. okay? Miss you too, man. And uh Now that we're coming to the end of the podcast, please like, and subscribe our podcast uh, on the YouTube channel. Have we made it yet podcast? Uh, You can follow this uh, podcast as well at H W M I Y podcast across all social media. Uh, Lucas, what are your handles?
1: Everyone can find me at Lucas, John N G across social media. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find me, Josh, Mm. where can people find you?
0: At Josh Yann Comedy Across all social media And of course Go listen to the Sleep with Josh podcast There's over 60 episodes On there right now Definitely not all Necessarily could be Kind of recent But you know There's plenty of Stuff for you to listen to So go ahead and Listen to that If you want to listen to me Talk about things That are boring In my voice So it helps you go to sleep So Sleep with Josh podcast Thank you for listening To a Just the two of us Episode version And um, yeah, go watch Shang-Chi because it's a good film, even though you've heard of our criticisms. But support the culture, support the movement. All right. Peace out. Bye.